This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by the Backwards Loop online yarn shop. Visit the shop online at www.thebackwardsloop.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. Hello, thank you for joining me today for episode 30, the last episode of this podcast season. As usual, I have lots of fun knitting information to share with you, starting with the winners of last episode's podcast drawings. I randomly chose between the comments left, and I'm happy to announce that the skein of Classic Elite Princess Yarn from Dancing You Yarns goes to Danita from Arizona. And the signed copy of the book Made in Brooklyn by Jared Flood goes to Michelle from Cleveland, Ohio. Congratulations to you both. If you heard your name called today, please get in touch with me right away so that I can get your shipping information and get these prizes mailed out to you. Thank you to all of you who took the time to enter. I'll be announcing another great drawing this episode that you can participate in, so please be sure to try again. Well, I've realized that it's been a little while since I gave you a full knitting project update. Since my last episode, I've done a good amount of knitting, and I actually knitted up another sample of my cedar leaf shawlette pattern, this time in Malabrigo Silky Merino in the smoke colorway which is this really nice dark charcoal gray color. I like this shawlette. It turned out pretty good, but I just have to say, the silky merino yarn is no handmaiden Lady Godiva. Lady Godiva really spoiled me on the first shawlette project. There's just nothing like it. It was so wonderful. So while the Malabrigo is also a wonderful yarn, it's just not as wonderful. But that's alright. It was definitely a lot less expensive, and it still looks really good. It blocked out really well, and the stitch definition is just great. In fact, the stitch definition might be even a little bit better than the Lady Godiva, because it is a smooth single-ply strand, versus the plied yarn, which is the construction of the Lady Godiva. Surprisingly, I was able to get the entire shawlette out of only two skeins. Don't ask me how, I think that I just knit really tightly sometimes. It's been interesting doing this pattern in a knit-along in the Never Not Knitting Ravelry group, because it's interesting for me to find out other knitters' experience with this pattern. Other participants have used the Malabrigo Silky Merino as well, and some have gotten it out of two skeins, and some have gotten it out of three. I guess that it just really depends on your tension. But I would say that if you're interested in making this pattern out of the Malabrigo Silky yarn, I would suggest getting three skeins, just to be on the safe side. So in between working on the shawlette, I have been making slow progress on the other two projects I have on the needles, at this moment. And that is my vine yoke cardigan and the damson shawl. 
Vine yolk is coming along okay, slowly but surely. I'm right about to start the second sleeve. And I really do enjoy knitting this project. I still like the yarn, and also the size 9 needles make this project go really fast. And I'm still really enjoying this pattern. There's so many things that you're changing and different stitches, so it definitely keeps my interest, and I still really like it. On the other hand, however, the damson shawl is no longer fun. It's one of those patterns where you start out with just a few stitches on the needle, and then you increase every row, and the number of stitches just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So at this point, I have hundreds of stitches on the needle, and it's just working back and forth, back and forth in garter stitch, knitting every row with a few increases. So it's just not too exciting. It has made a great little car project though, since it's so um, predictable and all. Unfortunately, the other day, I realized that I made an error on one of those yarn over increases a few rows down from where I was working. So I tried to unravel it in just that one spot and fix it, but I could not. So now I'm going to have to take out several rows, which is really going to be quite a job with all of those millions of stitches on my needle. So let's just say I'm not really anxious to get this one finished. It's probably going to be hibernating a little bit longer. That's another reason why I've really enjoyed my chalette pattern. You start with 270 stitches, which is admittedly pretty grueling, but before long you start working short rows, which significantly cuts the amount of stitches you're working with every row, so it gets faster and faster the more you knit on it. And to me, that definitely makes it more of a fun project. Another thing that happened this week is that, well, I fell in love. No, my husband doesn't need to be worried. I'm just talking about yarn. Now, I know that I've said that I love yarn before. I've loved Cascade Venezia, Rowan Calmer, Lady Godiva, and I still do have affection for these yarns. But recently, I started knitting with Madeline Tosh, and my life just might never be the same. But more about that later. So yes, I've started a new project. I couldn't help myself. It's another sweater. This pattern's called the Tea Leaves Cardigan. You might have seen it on Ravelry. It seems pretty popular right now. This pattern is also put out by Madeline Tosh, and I just have to say, I really like the style of this company. I love their yarns, I love their colors, and I love their patterns and just the general feel of their brand. It's totally my style. This cardigan is pretty simple, but what makes it unique 
is this really cute puckery stitch pattern that runs across the yoke. And this stitch pattern lends itself so nicely to the Madeline Tosh yarns because, as you know, they're variegated in color. And the puckery effect really shows the colors off in a wonderful way. This pattern is worked from the neck down in one piece, so no seaming. And this is always great because I can try it on as I go. And it's also not so great because every row has about a million stitches on it. But I'm not too worried about it because I'm still on the yoke. And I know that the stitch count will really improve once I divide for the sleeves. To me, this yarn is what really makes this sweater truly eye-catching. The colors and the way these colors are blended are just so... Wait. You know what? Why don't I just... Bring on the product reviews. Yes, back to Madeline Tosh. This company offers many different varieties of yarn with different blends of fibers. But the one that I'm so happy to be working with at the moment is Tosh Merino, my newfound yarn love. This is a single ply worsted weight merino wool yarn that I would say is very similar to Malabrigo worsted in composition. So if you listening are a Malabrigo fan, you are going to love this too, if not more. The yarn itself feels and looks pretty much the same, but I feel that the Tosh Merino has a slightly silkier hand to it. It's just incredibly, incredibly soft. For me, it's hard to imagine that something so soft was once growing on a sheet. But what truly sets it apart from any of the other yarns that I've come in contact with are the unique Madeline Tosh colorways. The colors, they're just not typical. Looking through her colorways, I found combinations that I don't think I've ever seen put together before. And the way that the colors are blended is just truly beautiful. You know me, I'm not a huge fan of variegated yarn. But with the Madeline Tosh yarns, the colors blend together in such a wonderful way, almost like a watercolor effect. It's a lot more subtle. There aren't really harsh color changes. And the knitted fabric that results from it is really nice. It's not blotchy like some variegated yarns can be. This colorway I'm using, it's called Tannehill, is so unusual, but in a good way. The base color of the yarn is this coppery brown with hints of greens, blues, reds, and purples. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know that the idea of brown mixed with all of those other colors sounds, well, unappetizing, but trust me, it isn't. That's why I think that the Madeline Tosh Company is truly talented when it comes to color. They put colors together that I didn't even know 
could be together. It's pretty amazing. The color Tannehill is the same colorway that the original sweater is knit in. The sweater that's photographed for the pattern. I was just drawn to this colorway as soon as I saw it in the pattern, and I'm really glad that I chose it for my sweater. But as with all hand-dyed yarns, sometimes there can be slight irregularities between the skeins. For instance, one of my five skeins that I have for my sweater has a little bit more green than the rest. So to be completely on the safe side, I am using two skeins at once, alternating them every two rows. I'm sure it would be fine if I just used one skein at a time, but I was just a little bit nervous that if I did, I might end up with a section of my sweater that was noticeably different looking. And as you know, I'm just kind of picky about these things. And I could imagine that it would really bother me if, say, my left sleeve was greener than my right sleeve. So I've just taken total precaution and I'm just working with two skeins at a time to ensure that it doesn't happen and that it blends very evenly throughout the whole piece. I've just posted a picture of my sweater in progress on my blog, so you'll have to take a look and see what I mean about the colors. It's truly stunning, I have to say. I, I just can't stop looking at my sweater. It's beautifully unique, and words just can't quite describe it, so I encourage you to take a look for yourself. So aside from the Tosh Merino, this episode's sponsor, The Backwards Loop, has many other of the Madeline Tosh yarns in stock. There are three other Madeline Tosh worsted weight yarns available. There's Air, spelled E-Y-R-E, like... Jane Eyre. And this is also a single ply yarn, but this is composed of silk, alpaca, and merino. A knitting friend of mine on Ravelry, C. Ray, is making a cedar leaf chalet out of this yarn in the ginger colorway, and it is so beautiful. It makes me want to knit a third chalet for myself. Seriously. I'll post a link to it in the show notes. So besides air, there's also the yarn Pastoral, another single ply worsted weight, but this one is a blend of merino and silk. The pictures of this yarn online are so unbelievable. I love the sheen that the silk adds. The silk added to this yarn is also really nice because the sheen seems to add a little bit more vibrance to the color. I'd really like to try this blend in the future. Also, Backwards Loop offers Madeline Tosh Worsted, which I know is very popular in the Madeline Tosh line. This is a worsted weight plied superwash merino wool. And the gauge listed on this yarn makes it seem more like a light worsted weight. This would be great for projects that will get more wear and tear since it's a machine wash yarn. But at the same time, you still get to enjoy the really pretty Madeline Tosh colorways. Also, Backwards Loop offers two of the Madeline Tosh fingering weight yarns, the traditional superwash sock yarn, and also the yarn Wren, which has definitely captured my interest because it's this 
lovely fingering weight wool silk blend. I think I just really like wool and silk together. This yarn looks absolutely ideal for shawl projects. This one I'm definitely keeping in mind for the future. Last but not least, there's also Madeline Tosh lace in stock. And this is also a superwash wool, just a thinner version of the Madeline Tosh sock yarn. These are just the lines that are offered by Backwards Loop, but if you go on the Madeline Tosh site, you'll find that there are even more blends available through this company. But all of them are offered in the gorgeous, signature, hand-dyed colorways. And this is what makes Madeline Tosh so popular. With all of that being said, I have a special surprise to share with you. The Backwards Loop would like to extend a special offer exclusively for the Never Not Knitting podcast listeners. In order to give you the opportunity to try out some of these Madeline Tosh yarns, the Backwards Loop is offering a 25% discount on four of the Madeline Tosh yarns presented in her shop. The four yarns that the discount applies to are Air, Madeline Tosh Lace, Wren, and Pastoral. This offer is good until January 15th of next year, and all you have to do to receive this discount is enter in the code PODCAST in the checkout process. I think that this is a very generous offer, and I hope that you take advantage of it. I know that I will be. <laughs> I am just so thrilled to have Backwards Loop as this episode's sponsor, because I truly love this online shop. I can't say enough nice things about it. The website is laid out in this very simple, easy to maneuver kind of way, and the photos are excellent, and her selection is phenomenal. I love her blending of well-known yarn companies like Classic Elite and Malabrigo with some of the more independent yarn companies that aren't widely available. She also offers a great selection of patterns, kits, knitting needles, bags, even buttons. And I was excited to see buttons because I don't often see them in online shops. So if you want a really easy online shopping experience, I definitely suggest you give Backwards Loop a try. You can find a link to this shop on my blog's sidebar. And just to let you know, Stephanie, the shop owner, has also provided another discount code that you can use while shopping. You can get free shipping off of your entire purchase by entering the code free ship in the checkout process. That's F-R-E-E-S-H-I-P. But please be advised, you cannot use two codes at once. So you cannot combine this with the Madeline Tosh discount. This is just a code to be used if you would like to choose a different yarn or item to purchase. I really appreciate that she's offering this code as well, 
That way no one is left out from getting a discount. This code will be valid until January 15th as well. Also, I wanted to inform you that the Backwards Loop offers a special option for their customers. Once you complete an item knit from a Backwards Loop yarn purchase, you can send Stephanie a picture or a link to your Ravelry page, and she'll send you a $5 coupon to use toward your next order. So that's pretty cool. So basically, there's just nothing not to like here. There's a great selection and wonderful opportunities to work with beautiful yarns and save money. Instead of a knitting story today, I am very happy to say that I have an interview to share with you. Back in episode 20, I talked about taking a class in Portland with Myra Wood, who is a lace genius. I recently got a copy of her new book, Crazy Lace, which, like the class she offered, offers this great laid-back approach to lace knitting. Crazy Lace is a wonderful concept, and Myra was kind enough to take the time out to share a little bit about it with us. How are you? Good. How are you, Alana? I'm doing really well. I'm so, so pleased to have you on the podcast today. This is really a treat for me. Good. Yeah, thanks. I really enjoyed taking your lace class when, I think it was it this last summer up in Portland. Was it in June? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it probably was in June. Yeah, that was really fun. I learned so much. So it was really cool when I got your new book because it was kind of like a continuation of the class. Oh, good. I you remember. a pretty good preview. Yeah. And I remember all of your pretty shawl samples that you had out. And oh, yeah. I was thinking that I recognized some of them in your new book. Did, are they the same ones? They're probably the same ones. I'm, I'm sure that um, a few of them, I know that that long pink one, uh-huh. uh, I definitely had with me. And I probably had a couple of the round ones, too. Yeah, they're really pretty. Okay. So, yeah, so it's just a great book. I found it so informative and really inspiring. And I am just really looking forward to be able to talk to you a little bit about it and to be able to share it with those listening. Great, me too. So first off, I was wondering if you, how would you define crazy lace? What is the difference between crazy lace and traditional lace knitting? Oh, good question. Well, crazy lace um, doesn't have to drive you crazy. Uh, Most of the time when you're doing regular lace knitting, there's a point where you're either extremely frustrated or maybe you're lost or something, and it tends to drive you crazy. And the thing about crazy lace is it's so much fun, and it doesn't drive you crazy that we had to call it crazy lace. (laughs) I see. (laughs) So how did you discover crazy lace? Well, um, it really goes back to Herbert Niebling who is one of my all-time heroes. He uh, is known for doing unbelievably complicated, gorgeous heirloom lace knitting charts. And I've tried to do them a number of times and really, really got frustrated with um, just having to rip out and start over and start over. And one night I just decided, you know what, that's it. I'm just going to keep going. I don't care. I just want to see what happens. And I would just sort of fix my mistakes as I went along or recount. And all of a sudden it started occurring to me that I could just sort of make it up as I went along. 
So this fabulous Herbert Niebling thing turned into just a one-of-a-kind creative piece and really spawned all the crazy lace. I see, I see. So, and that's the whole concept behind the book, right? Do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about the book? And Sure. There's Well, there's two basic ideas be- behind crazy lace. I and, mean, you know, there's different kinds of lace knitters. There are people, and different kinds of knitters in general. There are people that really love structure and they love the, um, you know, the patterning and following a pattern and, and just watching how something gets created and, and making it. And then there are the crazy freeform kind of people who like to just wing it and see what's going to happen. And the cool thing about crazy lace is you can do it either way. Uh-huh. Um, you, you know, you can either uh, combine very specific patterning and create your own patterns, uh, or you can just wing it. And by winging it, I mean, you can just really, um, I explain how you can just add all kinds of yarn overs and decreases and different things at different points. And there really is a logic to it. There's a there's something I call lace logic, which there is a logic to how you add it, but you really have a choice of doing one or the other, or you can combine the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember learning that in your class. I thought that was really interesting. But it's more of like a creative approach then. I think so. You know, the thing about it is that you never know what is going to be, you know, what you're going to end up with until the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do, you know, if you're if you really are more structured, um, you can figure it out as you go along. You can chart your own as you go along or you can incorporate other patterns or you can just completely wing it and make up patterns as you go. Or you can do it completely randomly. In any one of the cases, you really don't know other than the shape of the thing you're knitting, what it's going to look like like until the end. And that's what's really exciting about it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was thinking about the book and how it's really informative because it breaks this all down by chapters and tells the person how they can be creative with their lace knitting. And it's great for beginners too, because it takes all the hard part out of it. I think so. You know, the whole idea of lace knitting is it's not really that difficult. The idea of lace is that it really is yarn overs and decreases and decreases go in certain directions. And I really wanted to break it down so that it made total sense. It's and made sense as easily and as logically as possible so that anybody who can knit, anybody who can do, um, you know, knit two together yarn and over can absolutely do this and it's also interesting for people who've been knitting lace forever mm-hmm. so it's it's like you show the knitter that they can't they don't have to be confined to a chart that they can just make it up as they go and I liked that how um in the book you mentioned that every row I what did you say something like every row is like a new chance or a new Every row is a new possibility. Yeah, new possibility, yeah. Absolutely. It's like you can decide, you know, the, the, a lot of times the frustrating part about knitting lace is that if you make a mistake at some point, most of the time in order to continue, you have to rip back. Mm-hmm. But in this case, no, you you keep going and you'll, you learn so much from the process that every new row is a total possibility for something different and you can decide when you get there. Right. Yeah, I think that's really neat. And I like how um, I remember this in your class, but also in the book, you have a whole scarf here where it's completely random, right? There's just random yarn overs and um, decreases. 
Absolutely. That's my most favorite way to go. I mean, I really enjoy that because I, I'm a freeformer at heart. So <laughs> I love just playing with it and seeing if I make the holes go in one direction, what happens. And then if I change them and make them go in another direction, if I have a lot of them in one area and not as many in another, and then even throw in a cable or two every once in a while. And, you know, there's just so many different things you can do with it that I like to just play and, and be totally random about it. And then the other thing too, is it has a lot to do with the yarn you're using mm -hmm. because, you know, depending on what yarn you're using there, one of my most favorite yarns in the world is, um, Jojo land. Um, and also yarn place makes these long, long variegations. And what's so much fun is that you're just knitting away and you're just kind of involved in the process. And when you look down, it's already a totally different color than you were just working with. And it's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that for sure. So in the book, do you mind kind of telling the listeners a little bit about what can they expect as far as the information that you provide? Sure. Um, well, I start you out with just explaining how lace knitting uh, is created. Just, you know, why, um, why you do certain things at certain times, why yarn overs happen either next to a decrease or away from a decrease. I explained um, in, you know, in detail exactly what different decreases are and what they do, mm -hmm. um, left leaning or right leaning or, you know, central decreases and when you would do one as opposed to another one. We walk through all of that step by step. And actually in the beginning of the book, I do say, this is how you can use the book. If you're familiar with that part, you, do, you may not need to go into that because you're already familiar with that. The, I broke the book down into sections so that, you know, if somebody's just starting out, they can start out in the very beginning. If they already know that, then they can move on. And at um, one point I explained how to do charts specifically, um, if you wanted to chart your own lace, because um, there's a really wonderful creative process in charting your own lace too. And I go into you know how you actually go ahead and, and do the charts yourself. Mm -hmm. um, after that, then we get into, I, I do explain a bunch of stuff about whether you're doing it um, symmetrically, uh, and how you incorporate different pattern repeats, like, you know, if you wanted to change from one pattern repeat to the next, um, how you figure out your stitch counts and how you incorporate the different patterns. Um, then we get into some totally crazy stuff where, you know, you're just doing totally random. And I just describe, you know, what you need to do to move your, um, move your patterns from one area to another. Um, then after that, I get into basic shapes. And one of the things that I really love was, um, I saw a book and I'm not sure who it was, but it was called, um, knitting lace triangles. And the idea was that, uh, the author gave you a shape and then gave you an idea of the one shape. And then you could do different things within that shape. So I thought, well, what happens if you had every possible shape? What if you have, circles and squares and rectangles and, and triangles and semicircles. And you have the idea for, you know, you know, the, the um, process to make each one of those shapes grow, you right. can do all, all kinds of things within that shape. So there's an entire section on just the, the bare bones um, shapes and the, you know, the different, I always call them recipes, the different instructions for each one of those shapes. I, I love that chapter. That's my favorite just it's, there's so many possibilities with yeah that. definitely and from a design standpoint to be able to know what to do to get like you said that certain shape but then you can totally make it your own by yeah. deciding which pattern to put in it so it's really cool I love that 
Anyway, go ahead. Okay, so then um, after that, then, you know, there's a whole world of embellishing. I yes. love embellishing. And I'm really, I always say that I go ruffle nuts. Um, I love ruffles and all that kind of stuff. So I went into a whole chapter on like, what do you do when your piece is done? Um, I also, there's a lot, a lot of hints about, you know, the best way to cast on. I, um, there's an entire section on, you know, I, I do step-by-step -step photos on how to cast on, how to bind off. I do a whole bunch of different kind of bind offs, uh, blocking. It's really, I tried to cover every possible thing I could in terms of how you would take a project from the very beginning all the way through to the very end and be totally creative the entire time you're doing it. Yes. Well, I think you did a great job. I, I really like the way you broke it down. I think that this is something that, like I said before, a beginner could use or somebody that is at an advanced level could use as well. It seems right. like it's really versatile. You know, it's good for everybody. And it's one of those things where lace gets really intimidating. People really think yeah. that it's a very complicated thing. But when you really get the logic of it and see how easy it is, it's so much fun to do it. Right, exactly. And yeah, I definitely remember that as um, starting out, seeing those charts and just you know they're, they're crazy yeah, yeah they're, they're crazy and it like makes no sense and then you get into it and realize oh these are actually really easy if I just do it a certain way and I I really take you through how to read the charts and what the symbols mean and it's really very visual and you know I'm much more visual than I am you know reading instructions mm -hmm. and one of the things I love about lace charts is they're very visual you just follow along one square at a time and figure out what to do next yeah so it's kind of nice yeah. And then also on the um, design level with this book on, I think it starts on page 92, where you have all the lace patterns and they're all separated by number of stitch repeats. So you have yeah. like five stitch repeats, six stitch repeat. So that's really cool too, because if when you come up with your basic shape, you just have to add up your stitches and figure out how many Which repeats. One? Yeah, exactly. So if you wanted a more like traditional approach to lace knitting if you didn't want to do free form that this would be a really easy way to plug in a pattern and you know it's fun too every once in a while i'll start out with you know some repeats of something and then i'll just throw in a few rows of violet or random or whatever and then i'll go back to some other repeats so there's a lot of ways that you can combine the two yeah and then you always have something that's really unique yeah that way yeah very cool. So it was, is there something that you in particular like to do the most? Like, do you, I know you create obviously a lot of lace and shawls, but is there a certain shape you just love or a certain technique? You know, I love doing circles. I think circular is my most favorite. I, I just finished a triangle though. And that was great too. It's, you know, I think honestly, it's whatever I'm working on at the moment. Yeah. I'm really into it. And it's like, this is the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> Until the next thing. Exactly. <laughs> I see. Okay. This isn't your first book, right? You've, you've done another book before or a couple of other books? Well, I've done a ton of patterns and things for other people's books. And then oh, okay. I did I did one book on creative crochet lace. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, so and it's a, a, another similar type of thing where it's very free form. In a lot of ways, crochet is a, more fluid because you can go off in all different directions and things. But you use a, you use a totally different method for um, crochet, which is you're using templates and you're filling in a template as opposed to we go row by row or whatever um, in knitting. Right, right. So I know that you've been in this industry for a while. Do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about your background and how you even became an, a knitwear designer? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I started out in graphic design. I'd always been a graphic designer. And I've been knitting and crocheting and everything since I was little. And it was kind of my refuge. It was like when the graphic design world gets you completely crazy and you're sitting there waiting for revisions, you can just whip out the needles and start knitting on something. And it's mm -hmm. very relaxing. So I guess it was like around 1990, an extremely stressful time in my life. I found out that um, I could, you know, really relax and really meditate through my knitting. Um, and then what happened was I, I eventually found out all kinds of creative things, um, by taking some workshops with Prudence Mapstone and Margaret Hubert and just some really creative freeform people. And it inspired me so much that I realized I could take my graphic visual arts and combine it with the, you know, knitting and crochet stuff. So I ended up just doing more and more of that. And then I started moving slowly through the 90s. I started moving into doing this more. Um, and then by about 2000, I realized this is really what I want to do in my life. So I transitioned and it's been a really incredible transition. Um, I still do some graphics, but it's mainly, you know, the knitwear stuff now. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So I, I think I I was reading your biography somewhere. I don't know if it was on your blog or Ravelry, but weren't you, um, you've been on Nitty Gritty before, right? Yeah, I did a bunch of Nitty Gritties and I did a bunch of uh, Uncommon Threads was another program. Um, that was a great program. I wish those programs were still on. I, I know. You know I miss I'll never gritty. understand. Yeah. Why do we need all of these um, home makeover shows? Yeah. It's really crazy. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, I did a bunch of those shows and, um, and that was really fun. That was just amazingly fun. And I just did I just taped a whole bunch of um, knit and crochet today. Um, the crochet expert, uh, along with Drew and Borsky this year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I like doing the TV stuff a lot. So it's not stressful for you at all to be on TV. That doesn't totally freak you out. <laughs> You know, I think from teaching, I've been teaching now for about, oh, I don't know, five or six or seven years. I'm not even sure. But the idea is that in the beginning, it was so scary to stand in front of a group of people. Uh -huh. And what I found was if I just got lost in talking about what I love, I forgot I was there and I'm just talking about what I love doing. Right. And, you know, it's the same thing on TV. It's like I just get lost in I get so excited about the projects and what I'm doing that you forget. You just forget. And you're like, you know, all of a sudden you realize, oh, all the time's up and I still have more to say. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> I can't imagine that would totally scare me, but that, that's good. <laughs> so I, um, I tell I love talking about. <laughs> it. Yeah, well, that's good. It's obviously something that you love. So that's it wonderful. Is. So um, how you mentioned your background in graphic design is so that is what led you to this fascination with freeform knitting. That's definitely it. You know, I, I started out years and years ago as a painter. And um, as most painters do, I decided that I really didn't enjoy waitressing. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going back <laughs> to school to learn graphic arts. And, you know, since way back when I've been doing graphic arts, but it, it was always for somebody else. There was nothing really satisfying to me about it because it wasn't my creation. It was like I was doing it for a client. Right. And the most incredible thing about doing my own like knitwear stuff and my own um, freeform stuff was it was just whatever I wanted to do. And, you know, I had never kind of put it together that I could do the creative 
um, knitting and, and, and crochet. But what happened was I was like doing my knitting and crochet on the side and I was doing my graphics and, um, way back in prodigy days, I discovered and way back, you know, in the, in the very early internet days, I discovered Freeform and I was completely blown away by it. I mean, it really changed my life. And I started doing it by myself and didn't realize, you know, a lot of, there were a lot of other people, but there are people all over the world doing freeform. I mean, there are people just everywhere. Um, there's a group that I belong to called the International Freeform um, Guild. And there are people, I think there's 2,000 people, and there are people from Japan and Russia and you name it. People are freeforming all over the world. And I think that that really gets me more excited than anything. It's fun to do it, but it's really fun to do it with people all over the world. It's really fun to share this stuff. Oh, I'm sure. So is lace knitting used in freeform like a it lot? Is, is that pretty standard or is well, that what... it is it is now yeah okay <laughs> i was just wondering how the transition worked from freeform knitting to lace you know the funny thing is that there are in in freeform there's a lot of crochet done and there's always been lace crochet and as a matter of fact um some of the original freeform was irish crochet the irish crocheters were doing their own freeform stuff back in the 1800s okay cool you know they didn't really have patterns and they were just making it up as they went along and i was really inspired by that stuff and I always even when I was doing what I call traditional freeform which sounds so funny but when I was doing traditional freeform stuff which tends to be a heavier fabric mm -hmm. I um I would I would think about all the lace stuff because I love lace I always loved lace and even when I was doing you know more crochet stuff it really was all lacy open stitches so when I was doing the knitted lace stuff and doing pattern stuff I always thought you know there's got to be a way to do this and then of course you know I fell into the Herbert needling stuff and right. as a as a result of not being able to do it properly i sort of fe fe felt like well you know freeformers always figure out a way to, to figure it out and it, it, i did and now people are freeforming knitted lace everywhere it's fun well i know that i'm definitely inspired this makes me want to like do my own shawl now <laughs> so i'm really excited about it i'm glad you do have, like, this book doesn't really have patterns. Yeah, the only thing that it really has is I do walk you through the process of doing a sampler scarf. That's right. So that you can get the idea of how I want you to do it. But, the you know, the, the whole idea here is you can get unbelievably gorgeous patterns everywhere. I mean, there's so many incredible lace designers, and they do stuff I love working on. I love working on other people's patterns. Mm -hmm. But I just, the, the whole idea of this book was to break you out of that, to get you out of doing somebody else's pattern and think about doing it creatively yourself. Got it. But you do offer some of your own original shawl designs for sale, right, on your blog? Right. I do on Ravelry and on my website, um, and generally they're as a result of having charted out some of the crazy laces I went. Right. So, you know, like there's a, a shawl that um, is on the cover. Mm -hmm. There's a pattern for that that's um, available on Ravelry. And the reason that pattern is available is because I did it sort of like a mystery shawl. I actually charted some stuff out and then I'd go do it. And then I'd chart the next area out and then I'd go do it. And, and by the time I was done, I actually had charted lace. So I thought, well, you know, maybe somebody would like this pattern. Yeah, it's beautiful. What's the name of that one? That one's called Ziphium. 
and it's spelled X. Oh, I can't even remember X I P H I U M or something. Okay. And it really, it really is the word. It's the botanical name for a bearded iris. Oh, okay. And the yarn that I was using looked like bearded iris to me. So, um, so we we affectionately call that one Zippy. Got, got it. That's Zippy. So, what is what is your blog address, Myra? Well, my website is MyraWood.com. Okay. And I don't That's actually easy blog. I'm really good about Facebook. Oh, okay. I'm bad about blogging, but I'm great about Facebook. And I'm Myra Wood on Facebook. There's a whole bunch of Myra Woods on Facebook. So I'm the one from Sherman Oaks, California. Okay, great. I just wanted to ask so that everyone could go check out your work. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, my website has a lot of my work on it, but generally I'm really good about keeping up on Facebook where I'm going to be and, you know, where I'm going to teach next. So, okay. I'll provide a link to your Facebook on in the episode show notes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy that you took the time out to talk with me and I just love your new book and I'm just so happy to be able to share it with everybody listening. Well, Lana, thank you. I love your podcast. I listen to Never Not Knitting and it's just a wonderful podcast. So I really really appreciate that you taking the time to interview me. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I'm excited to say that Myra has a little surprise for everybody listening. So do you mind telling them what the surprise is? Sure. Um, we're going to give away a copy of Crazy Lace autographed. Yes. So if anybody listening would like to enter to win, you just have to leave a comment on my blog, I'll have a special drawing post, for, especially for the book. So leave a comment on my blog under that drawing post, and I will choose a winner and we'll announce it on the next podcast episode. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Myra. Really, thank you. Yeah. I look forward to making full use of my copy of Crazy Lace. Yeah, go crazy. Okay. Have a good day. <laughs> Thanks. So what Myra failed to mention on the interview was that this graphic design work that she used to do was actually for the movie industry. If you visit her site at woodworksart.com, you will see how many popular movies she's designed covers and posters for. I was completely blown away. I had no idea. She is truly one talented artist. Her wonderful design work is also carried out into her new book. Come to find out, Crazy Lace was self-published, and she did all of the layout and design herself. It's very beautiful, very professional, very well done. I had thought I had heard something about her self-publishing this book at the class, but then when I got it in the mail, I was thinking, I must be wrong, this doesn't look self-published, but it is. She's just that good. So if you're interested in lace, if either you are a seasoned lace knitter or somebody who's never done it before, but just likes the look of it, no matter who you are, I know that you'll love Myra's book. It's just got something for everyone. I know that it has a lot of good information that I can use in the future for design projects. I just really appreciate how easily she lays out all of the steps. And remember, as you heard in the interview, you have a chance to win a signed copy of Crazy Lace provided by Myra Wood. And in honor of Myra and her new book, Backwards Loop would also like to throw in a skein of the Madeline Tosh Lace 
to add to the prize. So the winner will receive not only the autographed book, but the skein of this beautiful Madeline Tosh yarn to create their own crazy lace with. I will be posting all of the details in a special drawing post for both prizes on my blog in the next couple of days. So please visit me so that you can enter to win. Well, that pretty much concludes episode 30, the last episode of season three. As you know, I take a podcast break in between seasons, so I will be back podcasting again March 1st, 2010. I have lots of great knitting stories, sponsors, and podcast promotions and drawings lined up for you, so I hope that you'll join me back for season four. And just because I'll be taking a podcast break doesn't mean that I will be taking a break from anything else. I will still be knitting and still be posting on my blog and on Ravelry. So please continue to visit me and keep in touch. I'll also be at Stitches West in a couple of months from now. So if you are planning on attending and you see me, please come and say hi. I'd love to meet you in person. Again, the show notes for this episode, as well as all episodes of Never Not Knitting, can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and for all of your support. I'll be back in March. Happy knitting! Won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Stop rumming again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. 
her husband says Get up, let's go But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making Her husband mad Her husband mad she just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had